Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. I'm Tyler Tischler, Associate Editor for Reader Views in Marquette, Michigan. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's February 21st, 2008, and welcome to episode number 57 in our series. Tonight's topic is Writing, Publishing, and Selling Erotica-Themed Books, and our special guest will be joining us this hour is Debbie Harold from Amira Press. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Please send your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. And this evening, I'm happy once again to have Tyler, our special guest co-host this evening. Tyler is the author of the Marquette Trilogy and is launching his own author service bureau called superiorbookpromotions.com. Now, this evening, we're on the line with Deborah Harold, the 31-year-old managing editor of Amira Press. She is a published author and enjoys both the process of writing and editing. Although Debbie is relatively new to the writing scene, having spent most of her life working with the duly diagnosed adult and juvenile populations, it is her hope that she will continue to work in the world of writing for many years to come. She writes under the pseudonym Jordana Ryan. Debbie has been with Ameripress for a little under a year and is thrilled to work with such a wonderful company. Good evening, Deborah. Good evening. Welcome, Deborah. I'm excited to have you here. I think this will maybe be our spiciest interview we've had so far. <laughs> I hope um, so. <laughs> and I want to start out by just asking if you would give us a little bit of a definition of what erotica is. Are, are we just talking about a, a fancy word here for pornography, or are we talking about a more enhanced version of romance? What, what do you actually define it as? I personally define it as a more enhanced version of romance. Um, there's definitely a difference between pornography and erotica. Um, the main difference being that there is a story to erotica. Um, there's no justification for sex for the sake of sex um, in erotic writing, whereas pornography is more um, the, the visual of just sex. There's no, no story requirement there. Okay, so are, are you saying then that... Um, there is a, I mean, sex is coming out of romance, usually, primarily? No, uh, not by any means. I think sex in romance definitely has its place. I think it's in the, the definition of erotica is in the way that it's written. Um, with erotica, it, it, there's, there's no closed door. There's no uh, implied anything. It's all detailed, and it can be shown. Um, with nothing left to the imagination, whereas in your more sensual romances, it's not necessarily closed door. Um, however, you cater to the more sensitive audience, people who don't want to read um, in detail every nuance of the sex scene. Okay, and I, I understand that just just from looking at your website, there isn't actually a erotica category on there, but all of the books that um, Amira Press publishes are considered to be erotica, and you have different types of subgenres. Then, no, that's not necessarily the case either with Amira Press. We initially had um, separated our erotica into a separate category, um, and the way that we do things now is we put them all together under the subcategories or genres, and um, we give each um, a rating. Um, from sensual to spicy to erotic. Um, 
So that's the way Ameripress labels our books. Okay. Yeah, and I, I see on there you have those um, those ratings leveled as heat levels. Yes. Which yes. Uh, is kind of amusing, I think. Um, <laughs> do, so can you could you maybe give us a little bit of an example about what the differences between those different heat levels would be? Um, well, I think in terms of in terms of the suite, you're looking at something that is completely behind closed doors. There is no um, detailed writing of sex. Um, if there's even sex written into the novel, um, I know some some of our uh, romances don't um, necessarily get into you know the the bedroom stuff. I mean, there's there's the implication, but there's no detail written to it. Um, sensual is a little bit different um, in that the the actual act of lovemaking can be described, but um, the number of them is is few, and it's also uh, very um, I don't want to say discreet, um, but non-descriptive. Um, it's it's also more of an implied, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, you can get into the the sex scene just without the. The, the detail, the dirty words, uh, things of that nature. Um, spicy is it, it's a little bit different in, in terms of it, the length and what can be included, um, the offensive words, um, things that you know the, the more um, easily offended might not want to read. Um, it can get into you know open door, not leaving anything to the imagination. Um, and then hot is something that is, is fully detailed. Uh, language is usually offensive to the uh, more sensitive audience, and um, it's definitely more descriptive and, and greater in number in terms of how many sex scenes there may be. Okay, great. Now, you have all kinds of different, I guess I'd call them sub-genres as well I, that I see. And so, um, like you have everything from... Westerns and supernatural to paranormal horror, fantasy, and then do you have erotica types in each of those subgenres? I wouldn't say that we have them all at this point, but we are open to receiving submissions in all genres um, in the erotica uh, realm. The only thing we really don't take in erotica is anything that is not heterosexual. We don't take any um, homosexual material at all. If it's a if it's a, a genre that would be specific to that, we wouldn't have it. Okay. Is is there a well? Can I ask? Is there a reason why you wouldn't take homosexual um, erotica? And are there certain types of erotica that you primarily focus on, or that you find are the most popular today? Um, well, in answer to your first question as to why we only take the heterosexual, um, it was a choice. Um, by uh, our CEO, Yvette Lynn, and myself, um, that that was just an area that uh, we didn't want to focus on. Um, we wanted to kind of celebrate the, the beauty of the heterosexual relationship. And, and by no means does that mean there's not beauty in a homosexual relationship. Um, it's just something that we chose not to go with at this point in time. Um, and then second, uh, your second question was, but I just wondered if there were certain subgenres that were more popular than others, as far as absolutely. <laughs> um, actually, what what sells the best in terms of erotica is our um, paranormal and science fiction. Um, 
we do um, have some of the more sensual or, I guess, romantic eroticas that sell, um, but the biggest, the, the biggest sellers are the paranormal. Do, do you know, is there a specific reason for that, why those are attractive to audiences today? Um, I'm not quite sure why. I know that the kind of um, the, the swing of the readers at this point, um, I think it's, you know, the idea of something that, you know, you wouldn't go into uh, your everyday bookstore and pick up, pick up a uh, erotic paranormal book. Um, I think there's a lot of interest in, in the paranormal, specifically in in vampires and werewolves and, and um, things of that nature that uh, just appeals to the reader. Sure, I, I don't think you can ever have too many vampire novels. <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, Debbie, you brought up a great point there. Is the success of e-publishing with Ironica books do a lot to people having the curiosity to try it but maybe afraid to go to a brick-and-mortar store for this? Um, I believe so. I, I think that erotica it has, or e-publishing has a big call for erotica because it's not something that um, is widely available at your normal everyday brick-and-mortar stores. And also there's kind of a um, an air of secrecy or anonymity that um, goes with that. You know, you don't have to be um, embarrassed that you're purchasing the story because nobody knows but you. Yeah, well, that, that makes great sense. Let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of ebook sales because it's always been a mystery to me. Now, my primitive understanding is that if I'm an author, I need to cut a deal with every different ebook store out there, or if I publish with you, do you do that? Um, when you publish with Amir Press, we make it available on our website as well as other third parties. Um, there's FictionWise, and then from FictionWise, there's um, third parties that pick it up from there. So the only direct involvement that an author would have with those companies would be, um, like I know FictionWise has a rating system, um, to go to their website and check their rating. But in terms of actually getting your book on those sites, um, that's something that we as a publisher handle. Um, now, I know there are services on Amazon um, that you can put your, um, I believe it's now you can put an ebook up on Amazon, and um, authors do have that option, but that's not something that we do at this point. Right, so you generally don't ask for an exclusive rights, is that correct? Or? Um, no, we do ask for exclusive rights. Oh, okay. Um, anytime we contract a story, um, our contract states um, that we it, it states what rights we're taking, which is typically your um, your ebook rights. And um, if it's a print link, then we are opting to pick up the print. We do um, print rights for I believe it's a year. I believe it just changed to a year. Um, but I know with Amazon, you know, and I haven't been on Amazon a lot, so I don't really um, want to state a fallacy. Um, in terms of how the system works, but there's um, something that you can upload um, your your work on there. Um, I don't know if it's published works or non-published works, um, but I know that uh, any time or any sales that are made from third-party sites are typically made from um, Amir Press getting out there and putting your books onto these sites. Great. And then, so if I'm a reader, I go and I pick a title and I pay however I pay, and then 
do you email me a link to it, or how do I actually get the book delivered into my hands? When you uh, go to our cart and you um, purchase a book, as soon as your payment is received, the, there will be a link right next to um, the payment, um, the, the, re- the receipt that says um, download the book now. Um, so if you are paying, say, by PayPal, um, it becomes immediately available. Okay, that's pretty 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 instant gratification, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Now, how does the uh, the business of cover design work? Do you guys provide the covers for all of the uh, titles? Yes, we do. Um, what happens when you get contracted with us is we will send a packet of information to our authors, um, which basically contains um, a. a, a a sheet that details everything that's going to happen from uh, point A to point whatever when the book is released. Um, we have certain that only our authors join for information. Um, and also in that uh, packet of papers is a cover art form that uh, will fill out, and we will um, send that off to a cover artist who will then work with the author to develop a a cover that suits their their taste and that they're happy with. Okay, so there's sort of a give and take process there. Definitely, we we do try to uh, please the authors in terms of what they want within reason for their cover. Um, sometimes it gets difficult um, because you have this vision as a as a writer. I can say, you know, I have this vision of what the cover is going to look like. You know, what do these characters look like? What do I want? And um, we do work within the capabilities of our cover artists. Um, so there has to be a little give and take in that, you know, we're not always going to have everything that we want on our covers, um, but we do have some phenomenal cover artists that work really hard to um, make it as close to what they would desire as possible. Cool. All right. Um, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and talk about the craft, uh, if we can. Um, how does one... Um, begin to write a, an effective love scene? Um, I think it's, it's being realistic about it. Uh, to craft a love scene is, is actually probably the most difficult part of writing, um, at least for me as an author it is, um, because you don't want to... There, there's a fine line between making it realistic and sweet and something that your reader wants to read and what's called purple prose, um, which is just a very... Um, flowery type language that, um, that makes it kind of funny to read. Um, so when you're writing a love scene, there's a very, there's a very fine line. And um, I think when you approach writing any love scene, um, you have to be in a frame of mind that um, it needs to be realistic. It can't be funny. It can't be um, something that's going to be offensive. It has, there has to be a happy medium between kind of all three of those things. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting uh, take on it. I hadn't hadn't thought of that. Um, okay, Tyler, um, turn it over to you for a minute. Well, I wanted to ask you, Debbie, about the pseudonyms. Do most of your writers use pseudonyms? I know we mentioned at the beginning that you use a pseudonym yourself. And if they do use pseudonyms, what is the reason for a pseudonym? Um, I think we have quite a few people who do use pseudonyms. That's really something that... um, that I can't, I can't speak to as to why they use pseudonyms. Um, 
I know for myself it, it kind of gives me um, anonymity that I can write um, things that in real life, in, in, you know, my everyday life that, you know, I don't have to tell people, you know, hey, I wrote that. And then also, you know, I think it's, names can be boring, so it's kind of nice to go out and find something that um, is attractive and is going to catch the uh, eye of the reader. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely understand that about names being boring and wanting a, you know, a name that is more fitting with the genre, too, I would think. Right, absolutely. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about who your readers are? Are you looking primarily to market to a female audience? Do you have male readers? What age group are they in? Um, at Ameripress, we have, I would say, a good mix of both male and female readers. Um, with the, in, in the erotic field, I would say predominantly our readers go to female. Um, in terms of age group, uh, we run a, a pretty broad span. Um, of course, we don't uh, market to anybody under the age of 18, um, and we do have um, an age check on our, I believe it on, it's on our payment system. Um, so we can run, you know, anywhere from, you know, 18 up until, um, you know, middle middle age to older, trying to say that tactfully. <laughs> and um, for the writers that want to be published by Amira Press, what, um, what do you, what criteria do you use to determine if their work is, you know, eligible to be published and if the work is erotic or not, or if it's erotic enough? Okay. Um, well, that actually all goes through me. Um, so if, if there's a writer out there that wants to submit, they, the first thing that's most important is that they read our submission guidelines on our webpage. Um, and then once, once I have a submission that is formatted to our guidelines, which I can cover in just a minute for you if you like, um, they'll, I'll get it in my email and I'll send out a response um, with an estimated time of when I will be able to get back to an author. Um, and then I read the manuscript, and basically what I'm looking for is good story. Um, I, I have to have a good storyline. It has to be well-written. Um, grammar and spelling need to be um, need to be fairly well. Um, not something that um, is, is going to spend you know months in edits correcting grammar and spelling. Um, in terms of erotic enough, uh, I, I don't I don't like that term. I don't like to set a number of sex scenes per um, erotic book. I think that when I read a story, if the sex scenes are Adding to the story if they're um, not grossly overwritten, if they are um, something that I think would appeal to a wider audience, then um, usually what I'll do is I'll give it to a reader um, who is somebody who volunteers to help me out and um, read through submissions and give me opinions on stories. And then if I get um, a good response from my reader in terms of the writing and the storyline, um, then we'll go from there. Okay, that's that's interesting to me that you know you don't have a def, like a requirement for X number of um, you know sex scenes, for example. And um, just to go back to the book covers for a minute, I'm I'm looking at the book covers on your site, and I'm really kind of surprised that they're not more uh, steamy looking. As far as um, you know, you go into the the you know the major like Walmart, for example, and there's rows of romance novels with all these half-naked men that look like Fabio on the cover, and I'm not seeing 
that your books look that way. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how your books are really, are you trying to specifically separate them from romance novels? And also, uh, I know that like Harlequin, for example, people talk about how there's really a, a formula to writing the romance novel, but it sounds like you're saying there's not really a formula for erotic novels. Well, you know, I think there's there's a formula for romance, and I think that making something erotic is um, adding to that formula. So I wouldn't say that that's true, that there's no formula. Um, I think that there's a fine line between erotic and between romance. And um, if you're writing an erotic, you know, the romantic story has to be there. You know, um, we prefer the, you know, happily ever after ending um, you know, again, we're not writing straight porn, um, so, you know, the, the elements of that formula definitely are there. Um, in terms of, you know, the, the number of sex scenes, I find it hard to say, okay, um, you know, in, in this length of a novel, we're going to have this many sex scenes, or we're not going to go with it, um, because, again, I don't like to get into the sex for the sake of sex. Um, and then with regard to covers, um, we do also have young adult books, um, and bearing that in mind, um, we do try to keep our covers from uh, showing, you know, full nudity, things like that, um, because of the young adult audience and because of the way that our books are listed. Okay. Well, that that makes sense to me, and I'm you know I'm surprised that some of the covers that are out there make it into the into the department stores, right. actually that are romance novels, and yours look a little bit more uh, more tame in that respect. Many of them. Right. Um, could you tell us a little bit about um, what kinds of books would you reject for publishing? Like, do you get submissions that you? I'm sure you probably get more submissions than you can possibly agree to publish, and. What results in a book not being accepted? Um, I reject books that aren't written well, obviously, um, something that's going to take a lot of time and edit. Um, but if you're talking storyline, um, anything that has too much of um, the sex for the sake of sex, as I keep saying, and uh, not enough of the romantic element, um, because, again, I don't want to publish straight porn, um, also, uh, what I can what I can see myself rejecting are things that um, the general public would find offensive. Um, things that glorify rape, um, for example, I've uh, rejected. Um, things that uh, hint at or uh, come straight out and, and, and you know put it in black and white that are incestuous. Um, things of that nature uh, that are not, you know, commonly um, endorsed in, in the public eye are things that um, I tend to reject. Um, also, uh, what can get you rejected is not uh, following the, the guidelines. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to um, open a submission that I have no clue about. Um, so the synopsis and the the um, marketing plan and things like that, they're, they're very important because um, that's what I go off of when I open a submission um, to determine, kind of, you know, what, what is this story about? Is it something that, you know, Amira is even interested in at this point? Um, we're not looking for straight contemporary at this point. Um, we're looking for um, more, again, the science fiction, the paranormal, the fantasy, 
Um, we have a specific call for captive romance right now. Um, and our, our uh, wants and desires change um, as we see the market grow and change. Okay. And could you tell us a little bit about, like, how many books you publish a year or how many manuscripts you accept each year? Um, in terms of acceptance, I'm not. I can't give a number because uh, there's two of us. Um, Yvette Lynn, who is also our CEO, she handles um, everything that's not erotic. Um, and then, well, that's not true. Um, everything that's not erotic or Western. And then I handle the erotic and the Western. Um, I know that we do try to put out one to two books every week. Um, we release on Fridays. Um, so, uh, and we last year we we had a pretty good um, we had a pretty good showing in terms of having two books every every week, um, and we actually just celebrated our anniversary. So, um, I would say in my time as an editor, I've probably accepted um, twenty to twenty five manuscripts. Okay, and how how many submissions do you get? I mean, like, what what is the percentage of acceptance versus rejections? Um. I would say we probably, in the past year, accepted about 70% of what we received. And since you're publishing these as e-books, does that make it easier to accept? I mean, do you have any concerns about length that you can kind of, is not as big a concern because they're e-books? Well, length is always a concern. Um, I know we, we used to publish shorter stories. We used to publish 5K and above. And recently, we went to 15K and above, um, and a lot of that concern um, is because we do um, pay our editors, we do pay our cover artists, and um, what we found is that with the shorter link, um, authors were not promoting their material. Um, we saw that certain things were not selling as well as others. Um, so, you know, length definitely is always an issue when we look at what we want to publish. Um, and also, you know, the, the presence of the author, um, where we've seen them, um, whether or not we see them promoting their material, that's all important. I'm, I'm just kind of curious because with print books, I mean, you have all the cost of the printing and the paper and having to determine exactly how many pages the book can be. And so with an, with an e-book, I would think you wouldn't have most of those concerns. Well, you know, the concern, if it comes from our website, it's less of a concern. But the concern is when you get into um, your third-party sites, um, like FictionWise, who charge fees um, to list the book. And if you have, um, say, a 5K book that um, is not selling, um, you know, we've paid the fees to, to put it onto these sites, and it's not making the money back, so then the author, you know, um, is not really seeing any reward from having it on sites like that. Um, so one solution that, you know, we've, we've discussed is, you know, taking the shorter lengths and putting them only on our website, um, which, again, as you pointed out, you know, there's, there's no cost in that. So um, it is an option that's out there if we went that way. Yeah, Debbie, I'm uh, a little curious about the uh, formats. I see some of the books are offered in up to five formats, and some of them are in two formats. Do you have a decision-making process for that, or...? Um, honestly, that I don't know. I don't um, deal with the formatting in terms of uh, how it's offered, so I wouldn't be able to answer that one. Okay. And I, I see that there's ISBNs. looks like they're assigned for the books that have printed, book, uh, printed editions. 
but yes. not an, if they don't have printed, then they don't get an ISBN. Is that right? Right, correct. Okay, because it is possible to assign an ISBN for an ebook, although it's kind of expensive. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm right, just curious about that. Um, and and how does the uh, author compensation work? I know in the industry it varies quite a bit. For example, I think Amazon Kindle they take 65% of the list price. Right. And the author gets 35. How how do you guys work? Um, we pay. I want to say it's 40 percent of the net uh, sales. So uh, whatever we get from, and I'd have to go and look at contracts specifically, um, but whatever we get in terms of our um, our ebooks, uh, we pay our author 40 percent of that. Yeah, that sounds competitive with, with what I've researched. I, I do a lot of research about ebooks, but I've never done anything about it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, one of those things that, you know, we're always trying to uh, assess and, and keep up with um, because we want to be competitive. We want to see, you know, our authors not only be successful, but also recom- uh, recompensated for, you know, their work and their effort. Right. I was just curious as to whether you ever take an, an out of print book and and make it available as an ebook or any any kind of repurposing of content um, it depends on the circumstances I know that we have taken several books from authors um, whose publishing houses closed down um, and then we made them available um, some of them in print and some of them as ebook um, the process for that is uh, making sure that uh, you have a written statement that all rights have been returned to you um, as the author. Um, as long as we get that um, statement that, you know, the author is currently the sole owner of the rights, then we can go forward with making something available again. Um, you know, one thing that I, when you get on that topic that I have to look at is you, uh, when you have something that is self-published, and um, you decide for whatever reason, you know, that you want to go ahead and put it with a, with a publishing company. Um, you know, one of the uh, Amir Press requirements is really that you have a, a good, uh, well-written marketing plan in terms of how uh, you feel that Amir, it's, your, your book is going to do differently being with a publisher, specifically Amir Press, as opposed to being available to the public um, in a self-published format. Um, but, yeah, we do make um, previously published material available at times. Great. All right. Well, we're kind of coming to a close of the show here. Is there any uh, words of encouragement or advice you want to give to people who are just starting out in the genre and are really eager but maybe need a little guidance? Um, yeah, I think definitely that people um, should know to keep trying. Um, that there are lots and lots of groups out there. Um, I specifically advocate Yahoo groups. Um, because I know there's a lot of critique groups out there. Um, there's a lot of encouraging people um, who can help you to kind of hone the craft and um, to be true to yourself in your writing. Um, you know, if, you were, you, if you're an erotic writer, that'll show naturally in your material. Um, you know, so don't, don't try to force it because you think that's what sells. Write it because you love it. Perfect. Yes, exactly. I agree with you um, all those points. Well, thank you so much again, Debbie. And your websites, again, would you like to tell us? Um, yeah, it's amirapress.com. That's A-M-I-R-A press.com. Yes. Great. And uh, thank you again from myself and Tyler. And uh, it's 
we really appreciate you taking the time, and it's been a real education. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you, Debbie. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We'll be back on the air March 6, 2008, on our new biweekly schedule, when our topic will be writing and publishing gay and lesbian books. And our guest who will be joining us is Victor Bannis. You can learn more about all our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We would love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. For Reader Views, this is Tyler Tischler in Marquette, Michigan. And for Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.